0: It is Tuesday, the 28th of February, 2017. I am Robin Yellow, and this is Tectasm episode 47. Die, Bitcoin, die! And with me again, because he didn't get out to MWC this year, is James Woodall.
1: Yeah, I'm not really too upset about that. I mean, I would much rather be sitting in the comfort of my office talking about the show I didn't go to.
0: Indeed, but you have been before, and uh, did you catch a cold?
1: Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It was a, It's a long time ago, but I did get stiffed by a taxi driver, though, who drove me round and round the square to
0: get back to my hotel, and it cost quite well. as much, because I didn't speak the language, what could I say? What could you do other than pull your iPhone out your pocket and try and find the Translate option, if you can? Well, this week, James, you and I are going to take a look at Bitcoin refusing to die. 199 mile an hour scale extric. And HTC gets tracking. Well, uh, we'll be judging these stories and some others to tell you if they are a tech-tasm, which is a blend of tech for technology and tasm for phantasm, something existing only in a person's mind. So without further intro, let's get on with this week's show.
1: So Michael Nunez in Gizmodo um, has written about, as he said in the title, Bitcoin refusing to die which is really interesting because the article is all the positives about how well Bitcoin is doing and the title's a little bit misleading. Um, but effectively Bitcoin, um, in the past seven days has reached, um, 1,200 us dollars per Bitcoin, which, um, if I remember maybe two years ago, it's about 500, but I mean, have you ever tried much of the whole Bitcoin thing?
0: I bought, I bought a little tiny bit of Bitcoin off the Internet a few years ago and then printed it out onto a piece of paper, which I used to keep in my wallet. Uh, only I've lost the piece of paper now. So uh, any Bitcoin I had, which was maybe, you know, a fiver, uh, has gone. Ah, OK. I only did it so I could pull the piece of paper out, uh, paper out at parties and say, I've got mm. some Bitcoin. No, 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 no. Okay, and I'm sure everybody you said that to was really appreciative of. They thought I was really cool. Yeah. And so what's happening here is it's gone up to $1,200, which is a, a big peak. Um, and it's just refusing to go away, isn't it? I mean, they're quite right. It's been around, everybody's slagged it off, and then it just hasn't disappeared.
1: Um, uh, yeah, uh, effectively, uh, you know, it's had, you know, what would normally have killed any other kind of new technology. Um, there was a half a billion dollar heist in 2014 which is that's a, that's a big number um so uh what people used to do or still do is there are places where you can store your bitcoins effectively like a virtual wallet and this particular one one of the big excuse me one of the biggest ones had a huge heist um where half a billion dollars were stolen um the uh the, of course the creation of bitcoin is a bit kind of unknown no one really knows who did it and therefore its origins
0: can't exactly be traced. So, has the did the stolen bitcoins leave circulation? Which is perhaps if half you know if half of them got nicked, does that mean the half that are left are now worth twice as much? Because well, no, because because that no because no because it got nicked, didn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. So no, they remain in circulation, and somebody's wow. half a billion dollars richer. Um, and it's untraceable because that's the thing about Bitcoin. They're completely untraceable. So there's no record as to who has your Bitcoin. You, you don't know.
0: Well, maybe the fact that it's lasted three years since this heist means that people are starting to establish trust in it. And maybe, maybe you know, maybe it is the, the, the start of something new. My experience of Bitcoin from what I've read, not because of what I've done, because I've only been engaged in one Bitcoin transaction, possibly two, um, is that the uh, exchange of Bitcoins, when you transfer from one person to another, isn't sufficiently smooth and quick to happen, um, uh, you know, to be something which would pass a consumer's sniff test, Mm. i.e. it takes a couple of seconds for the transaction to take place.
1: Yeah, I I haven't actually done any Bitcoin, what... um... Whatsoever. I don't feel I've missed out but I mean the article is effectively it's um it's a bit of a who's who and a what's going on in the bitcoin world um it doesn't really lead I mean I guess by traditional measures this technology should have gone but I guess because it is decentralized and there's no one company controlling it I guess no one can kill it that's why well no one can kill it and um and that's why even if big companies start moving away from it that's not going to stop people from actually using it because, well, there's no control over it. So I don't know, what do you think? Is there still a future for Bitcoin?
0: I think there's a future for crypto... um, uh, What what do they call it? Cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. I think there's a future for that. Um, And I think there's a future for the blockchain, as we've spoken before on this show about uh, the blockchain and the, the digital technology that's behind cryptocurrency and Bitcoin is very good for asserting... Um, uh, ownership and uh, is good for signing contracts. Uh, whether there's a future of a Bitcoin is, I, I really can't call it. I don't want to call this one a um, a tasm James, because I just think it's too early to do. Um, and the sh- you know, as, as the article says, you know, the, the value keeps going up and it doesn't disappear. Um, while there are a lot of people who want to see it die, not least the banks, uh, they just can't do it. So I don't think I can call this one a Bitcoin. Oh, a cool. Bitcoin, a TechDASM. <laughs> well, there let's move on. <laughs> oh, please, let's. Well, look, um, one of the things that was unveiled at Mobile World Congress this week in Barcelona was Robo Race unveiling their Robo Car, the world's first. AI-powered self-driving electric racer. Now, Wired have reported that this vehicle can apparently reach 199 miles per hour controlled by artificial intelligence using NVIDIA's Drive PX2 brain, as they describe. And there's a wonderful picture of it. It does look very... It looks like a sort of super sleek... A styled kids Tonka toy, doesn't it? It doesn't look like a real vehicle. It looks like something that was designed, you know, in uh, in an art college by some students anticipating the future.
1: Yeah, it looks like one of those toy models that you had on your desk where the wheels didn't actually
0: spin. No, that's right. Well, the Robo Car racer was unveiled this week by Denis Sverdlov, who is CEO of Robo Race and Charge. Uh, I don't know that company. And Daniel Simon, who is the car's designer. Now, apparently it's powered by, well, it's not powered by, but it, it has got five LiDAR sensors. That's light, distance and ranging. It's a, it's a laser, which is spun very quickly uh, to give you a sense of where you are in 3D space. 18 ultrasonic sensors, six AI cameras and GNS S-positioning which is GPS isn't it or GLONASS and it reaches 199 miles per hour. Now apparently the entire system uses deep learning for 360 degrees situational awareness around the car. I suppose what they actually mean is spherical rather than 360 degrees. Working to determine precisely where the car is and to create its trajectory. Now, I know, um, James, you you might have seen this, but at the, um, or might not have seen it, I don't know, in the most recent round of the, um, what's that battery racing series they have? Oh, uh, Formula E. Formula E. That's it. The recent round of Formula E in Brazil, they, uh, as a precursor to the race, raced two prototype robo cars around the circuit. And I think one of them broke down or one of them crashed and the other one didn't. But they retired them quite quickly. Gave a little taster of what's to come. James, would you watch it? No. Me neither. Okay, well, moving on. Really, this is really... a massive TechTasm, isn't it? Let's just move on. Yeah. I mean, there is nothing else to say, is there?
1: Uh, no, it's just people playing with toys. I mean, great. Um, okay, well, Josh Miller in CNET is talking about the HTC Vive and the new accessory called the Vive Tracker. So, obviously, TechTasm listeners, you're, or listener, you're already familiar with the Vive. We've spoken about kind of VR quite a lot now. And uh, one of the interesting things about the Vive, of course, um, um, is, uh, is, well, it's, it's one of the most widely available VR headsets at the moment, but if you're kind of moving around, it can't really track your hands. You know, you have controllers. I can't think off the top of my head what the controllers look
0: like, but what, they're, eight, kind of, you, they're kind of rings, aren't they, which wrap around your hand and got a hand controller and your thumb sits on the top. Yeah, or or is that the Oculus controller? No, I think that's the Oculus
1: ones. Or the... Oh. Or the no, no, that is... Oh, right, well, whatever. There's some kind of controller. But then what they've unveiled is a tracking unit that you can put say on the end of a baseball bat and it can work out what the bat is doing in space and therefore when you swing the bat the vibe is aware of it and you can play baseball and there's some really interesting things that they're talking about in this article for example there's something called a flame trainer which is an educational fire safety um, uh, device that can simulate if you're a firefighter putting out a fire And this uh, this tracker is able to work out how exactly you're holding the, I guess, simulated fire hose. And you can work out if it's, uh, you know, which way you're pointing and if it's going to kind of extinguish the fire. So, I mean, that's a really useful example of it. Um, And of course, there are gaming aspects whereby you can mount it to the end of a gun and you can work out where you're pointing. Um, It's really actually quite, quite interesting. I mean, what HCC are doing is they're teasing this as a what's the i guess uh, an example of what could be coming in the world of accessories uh for the uh for, for, for the vive well they're actually going to sell it aren't they yeah they're going to sell this but they're also talking about um future ideas of other type of vr accessories that uh, that can be accompanied with the device so uh, what's really interesting about this is uh, technology normally enters its kind of second generation when accessories start to appear so i think it's kind of nice to see that vr is becoming accepted and htc are now following up this investment with more with more things to kind of bolster the appeal so.
0: well it looks like a sort of three-fingered hand uh sort of you know with the with three fingers coming out equidistant from the center a sort of circular disc sort of sticking up and you clearly glue this to whatever you want and in the example of the flame trainer uh, application it's glued to the end of of, of an actual fire hose and the person in the picture is dressed up in fire retardant suit you know clearly to kind of simulate the feeling of being in a heavy coat and and holding an actual um, you know fire hose in their hands, and the the video image on the wall behind them, which is obviously showing what he can see, shows you know, a jet of water emerging in front of him into a sort of room that's clearly on fire. It's actually a cooker or something, isn't it? It's a domestic uh, situation. Yeah. Um, but the idea of... So, so I was recently at um, Ericsson in Sweden, and they were doing training in the HTC Vive for digger drivers in underground tunnels, uh, presumably mining... Uh, I think it was a mining simulator where they had, they had, they had mapped the... In, the entire uh, an entire mine in 3d and you could kind of see it at a sort of macro level you know zigzagging back down into the ground and then in the simulator you were inside the tunnel inside a digger truck
1: yeah
0: and the idea was to teach safe behavior so actually you know gaming aside there are serious immersive training applications for this and and this um, controller is obviously a way of establishing anything you like anything you want to glue it to or, or strap it to can be then modeled inside the 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 3d world the examples I gave here is a gun um, you also can attach them to the back of haptic gloves uh, presumably to get full um, uh, hand control, yeah. actually, within a game, rather than the controllers themselves, as you said. Um, and uh, how are they powered? Have they got batteries in them? Um, they don't say, but, yeah, I would assume so.
1: Um, although I can't imagine they'd need too much power. I mean, they're not exactly... Well, I mean, I don't even know how they're, how they're tracked. Is it some kind of, like, camera sensor or something? Well, they...
0: I think the Vive has two sensors that you put at, at, at the end of each end of a room, and then whatever is between that sort of field, yeah. field of whether it's a field of view or whether it's a Bluetooth sensor. Or, um, I mean, it's got a certain shape, doesn't it? And it clearly has pits inside it, which must contain highly reflective material or different frequency reflective material, which allow the sensor cameras to very quickly perceive the position and orientation of the the sensor itself. Um, so So, I mean, it's possibly a passive device. It's just on one of the close-up photos, there's there's clearly a little green light on it and it's power connected to to this sort of fake gun that that it's connected to. So it's clearly taking some power that way. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's it's really interesting. But, I mean, what do you think of the price, though?
0: £100, sorry,
1: 100 well, actually, it is £100, £99 or $100 uh, per tracker. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, there are two. I mean, we've spoken about how these VR experiments are quite expensive as it is. To add another £99 onto the device seems a bit steep to me.
0: I think it's for serious gamers who want the absolute best. And, and, you know, remember a serious gamer may be a sort of 45-year-old male with plenty of spare cash to whom £99 is no money at all. Um, I'm giving that as an example. It could be a... 35-year-old female, or a 60-year-old transgender. Have we well, been dealing <laughs> on, uh, on D&R enough? All uh, well, listeners are welcome. All listeners are welcome. Any colour, creed, faith, religion. You are welcome here. Um, Well, I would say that also, and of course, remember in the commercial context, 99 pounds is absolutely nothing at all. But I saw some figures, not in this wonderful article here from CNET, but um, from, I can't remember where, which was saying that the numbers sold were 950,000 PlayStation VRs, and that was just in the final quarter of the year, 450,000 HTC Vives and 250,000 Oculus systems. So. You know, clearly there is a market. It isn't a massive market, but it is a market. I think if any consumer electronics hits a million, then it's sustainable, I think, as a as a, as a proposition. So there is money to be made here.
1: No, absolutely. OK, well, uh, sounds good to me. Let's move on
0: to the next story. Well, I think we've saved the best till last, actually, um, James, because, of course, MWC was this week going on in in Barcelona and we got to do a couple of stories on those one of them from Leo Kellyan of the BBC who told us well his primary article was about Sony's new slow motion 1000 frames per second phone but I'm not too, too interested in that it's just another phone but he did also refer to Sony's Xperia touch projector, which is a sort of a toaster sized device with a little slit on the front black, on the end and, and a kind of, well, this one is gold. It's sort of got gold mesh wrapped around it. And, uh, what it does, this smart projector is do a, an ultra short throw projection technology onto a, to a wall or a table resulting in a 720p image that can be configured between 23 to 80 inches. But built-in sensors let the surface used act like a large touch screen. Now the example they give here is the uh, Xperia touch projector is projecting onto a, um, a kitchen Surface, a surface in a kitchen, where somebody is sort of making chocolate brownies, and they've actually got the recipe displayed, uh, projected down onto the uh, kitchen surface, and they've got flour and chocolate everywhere, and he's um, interacting with the the recipe uh, with his fingers. Well, of course, you know he's just touching the surface of the the kitchen. Uh, work unit so he 's not you know he 's not um, <clears throat> not damaging any piece of technology so that 's a good example, and the other one I saw on video was where it was propped on its back and it projected uh, a sort of t v size image onto the wall. Uh, Sony have also said that the projector could be used for multiplayer touch-controlled games. Don't you know? And there's a sort of uh, picture here of, of them playing air hockey. What do you think? Short short throw projectors, uh, a new category. James, would um, be would it be the kind of thing you'd be interested in in experimenting with? How how much is it? Well, uh, it says that it's fifteen hundred dollars, and going to start selling them in the spring. Um.
1: Well okay so either it's like HD TVs were the first year and they were 4000 pounds and you know the price came down but for this to be a thing I mean that is that's that's more expensive than the android device that's going to power the thing
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it is oh, it's way more expensive so presumably inside it is the guts of their flagship phone Plus this short throw projector technology, which they, to be fair to Sony, they, it seems to be a special thing that they're, I, I know you can get smart short throw projectors from other people, but they've made a big thing in promoting, Sony promoting their ability to do this better than everybody else. And they've got sort of, you know, they've got big serious short throw projectors for your living room uh, for hi-fi buffs or you know video buffs and uh, you know it is something that they're known for and my question to you James is is it going to be a new category of equipment that we're going to see people producing like you know the Amazon Echo and Google Home is a new category of a voice controlled compute cloud computer are we going to see a new category of a short-throw projector Android portable Android devices which can be used at the in the home and work to do various things to take compute power to where it hasn't been taken before Uh, well it's certainly really interesting I
1: I like the idea moving down towards the bottom of this article um uh, of the suggestion that if it was combined with something like an Amazon Echo or a Google Home that would actually be really interesting because they're already capable devices yes um the thing with the screen though that um and having used one of these devices albeit 10 years ago do you remember the ones where you could get a keyboard and you could project it anywhere oh yes yes, but obviously a lot more limited it was just a keyboard um the um the the problem with it was he didn't because you didn't get the tactile feedback from a table obviously they were actually quite uncomfortable to use mm. and um it sounds a bit strange but i think one of the nice things about smartphones today is they've got those kind of like vibration engines in. so when you need typing on the keyboard you do get that kind of feedback from the keyboard um you're not going to get that with this and i think i think that might hinder adoption because people might be uncomfortable
0: yeah, no, that's really interesting what you said about combining it with an Echo or a Google Home where you could, you know, ask for pictures of something and it would just project it up. Uh, down in front of you, that would be quite nice because then you could, as you could say, you could have it in your kitchen island or in your you know, living room or sitting room and just have it sitting there. And when it needed to show you a video of something or show you an image of something, it could just pop it up. Or it needed some interaction like, you know, I could use a big, if I had a complicated word that I wanted to type into the device, I'd be quite happy for a little keyboard to pop up so I can just type that up on the off chance. I'd, I'd be quite willing to put up with with how odd it might feel if it was only going to be used very rarely
1: yeah actually actually, as an interesting example i was making poached eggs over the weekend for my better half and i was using siri quite a lot to count down the timer Mm. and to have something like this that showed the timer on the wall that i could speak to i wouldn't need to talk to it so i wouldn't need to touch it because the speech is so good now to have that display would certainly help and of course the alexa the echo sorry is quite a small device, so having a projector on a wall would actually be quite useful. So um, I can, I don't know. Let yes, I think this is a category. This is definitely not the device to uh, make a name for itself, though, in this category. So I think
0: at fifteen hundred dollars, it's a tectasm. Definitely, yeah, at five hundred dollars, I'm in. Can you will you indulge me one more story, James? Come on then. It's not really a story, actually, but it's Tech Radar put up a uh, a vote for what is your favourite launch from Mobile World Congress 2017 this year. James Peckham uh, wrote this article, but it it really conveniently has has, uh, listed the top twelve or thirteen launches, Um, and I just wanted to quickly go down the list and get your reaction. So, do you think they're awesome or awful? Okay, Huawei P10. That's the new flagship from the Chinese manufacturer Huawei. I mean the the P9 is really great,
1: so uh yeah. Awesome or awful?
0: Um
1: I think that's pretty awesome. I mean they 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 they, they definitely know what they're doing now. They do. Huawei Watch
0: 2. Uh, who cares? who cares awful uh, lg g6 so this actually this phone is fantastic it's got the smallest bezel you've ever seen on a phone it the 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 5.7 inch amoled goes literally right up to the edge without going right up to the edge if you sort of I mean it goes as close as as you would want your phone to go to the edge it looks fantastic um yeah it's 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 pretty nice i mean but i mean yeah okay it's nice yeah okay i don't think it's awesome or awful but I th- the problem i've got is that lg just nobody wants to buy it after year, last year's g5 debacle with swap out modules yeah i think that now they've gone back to just a straight phone beautifully made i just wonder whether they've they've lost it they've blown it and um you know whether they they will ever be able to sell in large numbers again um the lenovo lenovo tab 4 don't really have an opinion on this one. I mean, it's... Because you don't know what it is. No, I mean, I've got it up. It's an interesting awesome.
1: tablet, maybe. I mean, it says primarily for kids. What? Yeah,
0: well, let's move on. Moto G5 and G5 Plus. Um, well, aren't they the, the, just the Lenovo devices? They are the, that is the world's best budget phone. And this year, the plastic back has been replaced with an aluminium body. Ooh. And all for, like, 130 quid, 150 quid. Okay. Cheap. Uh, awful or awesome? Uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. I, mean, it's it's awesome. Of, it's I don't even need your answer on that one, James. Okay, then why even ask? <laughs> well, I'm not going to now. Uh, Nokia 3310.
1: That's a brilliant. That's fantastic. 3310. Um, at, it, that has got tech all over it. Thank you, Nokia, for yes. throwing your lovely big tech in our lap. That's that is
0: brilliant, isn't it? And to be fair, it's not... S- It's technically not Nokia. It is Nokia, but it's HMD, I think, was the Finnish company. Yeah, yeah, Finnish startup that was presumably specifically spun up to market Nokia brands. Thirty-three ten retro phone. uh, I mean, they should be giving this thing away. It's ridiculous. Nokia six, which is their sort of, I suppose, flagship level phone, but very cheap, couple of hundred euros. Uh, Yeah,
1: it's interesting that somebody's trying to bring bring it down, but. Um, and it's good that it's kind of completely stock as well, uh, which is nice. Um, but I don't know. I mean, all these Android devices, who cares? I mean, you know. Yeah, but
0: I wanted to love the Nokia but for its simplicity and design aesthetic. And they showed how it was milled from a block of aluminium with, you know, all the premium features you would expect from a smartphone um, for, but for a very low price. And I thought, yeah, you know, I really wanted to love it. But at the end of the day, I just couldn't based on the basis of the specs. And the 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 presentation was absolutely awful. It was from in some kind of church. And then from time to time, this sort of small choir would chirp in singing the I won't do it Nokia tune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> da- saw saw it was awful, absolutely awful. As a marketing event, it was shocking. I really wanted to like it. But I didn't. Okay, a couple more, three more, then, uh, then we're done. Samsung Galaxy Tab S3.
1: Um, okay, well, I just, just Googled this, and the article started off with, Samsung disappointed everyone by failing to launch a new smartphone. <laughs> so, uh, that's lovely. Uh, what's What's wonderful about Samsung this week on the UK TV is they're running quality control adverts about how quality is so important to them. Yeah. Um, I think Samsung, well, they're trying very hard at the moment. Again, the, the Tab, I don't know. They, they, they're not really standing out anymore because it's all about the OS and the OS is pretty much the same across all devices.
0: Well, they wanted, I think, to be forgotten this year because of the Note 7 disaster last year and I think they played it actually quite well. They did some low-key launches in categories that nobody's really interested in. They did have a sort of um, Microsoft Surface Book clone thing going on there which looked quite interesting. I can't remember the name of it, though. Mm. Um, Sony Xperia Ear Open Style Concept. I'm not too sure about that one. What's... No, me neither. Forget about it. No one cares. Uh, Xperia XZ Premium. So what's the premium? It's just the most awesomely futuristic flat super phone you've Isn't ever this the seen. One with, with the camera that, uh, that... Nine hundred and fifty frames per second. Why? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> why and why not yes i don't know how much it is sony have always struggled i think to get big numbers in mobile phones but uh you know you've got to admire their tenacity they keep going and they never stop uh, for which they should be applauded and i think the world would be a sadder place without them
1: that's what people said about Woolworths, by the way
0: yes yes they certainly did Uh, and and uh, they were wrong all for this week you can still find us at facebook.com slash subscribe in the usual places and contact us at feed, feedback at where we record every tuesday at 2100 bst gmt so watch out for next week's exciting episode this is me sir robin yellow and me
1: mr james woodall
0: asking the question on your behalf is it real or is it just a tectasm? Well,